Welcome back to another live episode of Guide Live B2B Jam Session. Super excited about my next guest. And if you are listening and tuning in right now, please let us know where you're tuning in from, how excited you are about this episode, and what you have going on today. And more importantly, happy Tuesday from all over the world. Specifically, I'm here in Oakland. It's actually very shady today. But nevertheless, I'm excited to talk with our next guest, who is Beth Comstock. She is on a mission, a really, really marvelous mission to understand what's next, navigate the change, and help people and organizations to do the same. By cultivating a habit of seeking out new ideas, people, and places, she actually built a career path from storyteller to chief marketer to GE vice chair. Yes, general electric vice chair. And today she is the director at Nike, trustee of the National Geographic Society and former president of the Cooper Hewitt Smithsonian National Design Museum. She also graduated from the College of William and Mary as a biology major. And I'm actually going to dive deep with her on how she made that leap from biology to getting into tech. And shout out if you're listening and you attended the College of William and Mary. But more importantly, we're going to go deep on her most recent book that actually came out in 2018 called Imagine It Forward. And it talks about the messy craziness of change and how organizations can encourage courage and creativity within their workforce, but also how you as an individual can do it within your life. So we're really going to dive deep on her background and her most recent book. With that said, if you already know about Beth, please let us know how you found out about her or if you've read the book. And more importantly, I'm going to be sharing links to her website and the book in the comments below. Beth, hey. Hi, Tim. How are you? Doing should well. I say, should I say Mr. Work? <laughs> I love that. I love or that. Or Mr. Future. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Where are you tuning in from today, Beth? I'm from New I'm tuning in from New York City. Wow, and why? How are you holding up with, with everything going on in the world? Well, it's crazy. I think we're all just trying to figure it out. Um, and uh, you just do the best you can. I mean, New York's a, a, such a great place. Um, I uh, get out to the country when I can. So I try to, you know, get, get out and get to nature when I can. But what you got to love about New York City is it's really resilient and tough and people make the best of whatever the situation. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually something that you touch on a lot in your book. But I want you to take us a little bit before, you know, you writing uh, Imagine It Forward. You know, how did you get started with your, you know, marvelous career in the tech industry? Well, I um, I was a biology major who wanted uh, not to go to medical school in the end, but I wanted to be a science journalist. And that's what put me on the path. I got into the media world and media kind of led me forward. Uh, it became more of a tech business. My last job in media was uh, leading the digital, leading NBC through the digital revolution, and uh, GE owned NBC, so that's how I came to work uh, in GE, a big technology company. Um, so it was, um, I kind of found myself there, if you will, one step led to another. Um, but as a marketer, which is what I, you know, sort of the path I chose to go through my career, I think one of the things that helped distinguish me in my career um, was as a marketer asking about not just how does this technology work? But how is it going to change our behavior? What is it going to do to the people who use the technology? So I was able to take a different uh, a different lens uh, in a technology company. 
Yeah. You know, I think you speak to the power of storytelling, right? Which I think is, is much more important than ever. Um, us being aware of the narratives we tell ourselves and the narratives we put out there. You know, for you um, throughout your career, what's been that common streak you've seen? You know, have, have you always been really passionate about the skill that storytelling brings to the table and how it can really transform people's lives? I have, but I think it took me um, sort of stopping and reflecting. I mean, putting a book together was helpful, but just to go look back, um, I actually wish I had done this earlier in my life, but to take a pause and look back and realize that story was a thread that carried me along. Um, and uh, I think story is, it's about strategy. It's the glue, it's who we are in the world. I think the other thread that I realized was that of curiosity. Yeah. I think just curiosity and um, uh, sort of opening up to discovery has also been an important thread that uh, I was able to take from just my nature through to make it work for me and work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think it, you touch a lot about that uh, in the book, actually. And I want you to dive deep into at what moment did you realize, OK, I have to write Imagine It Forward? Well, I was working at GE and uh, I did a session every month uh, at our training. We have, GE has a training institute and I uh, did a, a class, if you will, every month with early stage managers. And I loved this class. I couldn't wait for it. Why, I loved it so much because um, we shared ideas. People, they beat me up. They challenged <laughs> me. I got to challenge them. But one of the things that became obvious, it became a great place to talk about innovation and taking risks and people looking for some encouragement. And um, I started to just realize that, um, that we needed more space for that. And I started to remember back when I was starting out, what were the things that I had to work through? And so um, through that class, it just sort of said, hey, I think I, I, I've learned some things the hard way that I can, that can help people, especially people middle of their career, middle of the organization who are trying to just figure it out. You know, and it's it. So I've been in organizations where middle layer management, middle layer leadership is probably the most. You know, they they face a lot of uh, issues trying to drive and tra you know transform the organization through change, right? Because one of the things that you mentioned is that change is is very bottoms up and outside in in your book. And I want you to talk a little bit about you know your personal experience because you you really one of the things I really loved about the book is you went really personal and kind of detailing you know from your marriage your your former marriage and how you manage change and how you manage juggling a career and, and then your personal life. You know, for you, how have you kind of created this framework around change in your personal life and how do you think people can apply it in their personal life and career, especially in times like this? Yeah, well, um, I'll, uh, that's such a powerful uh, set of questions. One thing I totally agree with you to start off, I think we expect so much of people in the middle of the organization, yeah. yet don't give them the space and the encouragement to what you said. I totally agree. We expect people in the middle of our organizations to make all the change happen uh, as if somehow like they have magic just coming out of their fingers, yet we make it really hard for them. And so part of what I try to do with the book, as I said, was summon that part of myself. What, 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 what were the struggles? How do you get that magic? And it's not really magic. It's just behavior change. Hmm. And so I think for me, one of the, the critical things in my learning was just that uh, you can't run away from change, obviously. It's, it's part of how we are. And that um, when change happens, it's an opportunity. Um, it's really an opportunity. And, um, and to, to kind of give yourself permission. So 
so th there's like a critical thing I feel like for us in organizations is to just allow more people to try things, to, to figure it out, to go forward. And so I tried to summon all that into a book. Um, the premise of it to me is this notion of, I almost called the book instead of imagine it forward, permission granted. This notion mm -hmm. that often what stands in our way is ourselves. And, you know, um, and so when I back to that class I was telling you about, I would stand there and people would often say, I, I hear you, like you're talking about taking risks and you're sharing examples of how you got out of your own way, how you had to realize that you were afraid of change. So you had to change. I, I get all that. But you don't you don't know the situation I'm in. You don't you don't know my boss. She'll never approve that money. You don't know our investors. They'll never go for that. And whatever, like a litany of excuses, all of which may be true. But it, I began to realize, I really think if you peel that back, what's standing in the way is the fear, mm. the fear of trying something new, uh, the fear if you're a team manager of letting your team try something new, mm. the fear. Um, and so often I'd find people, they didn't even ask that they could do something. They just knew that they couldn't do it. And so I think that's really the fundamental effort about change. And so right now in the middle of COVID, uh, I love some of what I see happening in business. I do think there's a new theme in some companies. I wish it were in more of what do we got to lose? Now, I didn't experience that in the financial crisis, 9-11. It was much more of a hunker down. But because none of us have been in this before, there's no playbook. Yeah. There's nothing but us figuring it out. And so I do think in some uh, companies right now, there is this willingness to say, I don't know, you got an idea. I don't care where you are in the organization. Let's figure it out. So I'm very hopeful right now that this hopefully is going to unleash some of that, um, especially the people in the middle of our organizations. Yeah, Beth, I think that's so powerful, you know, because I've definitely been in and seen organizations where there's these very traditional mental models, but also very scarcity-based, fear-based mental models that prevent teams from actually wanting to remain creative or applying those very human skills that are needed to be creative and and drive change and you know to, to your point too i think we are seeing a changing of the guard in terms of leadership during covid 19. you know what do you think are some of the leadership skills that leaders up on high you know the people who are driving and you know setting the vision for the organization need to embrace and apply to kind of humanize their workforce yeah, well, you're Mr. Future of Work, and we. how many conversations are you, have I been in for yeah. years now about the future of work? I think one of the great things that's happened now is it's accelerated all of these things that were going to happen five years from now, they're happening. So, like, you almost can say to people, like, that. You, what, what, what are you waiting for? So I'd, I'd start there with that kind of mindset. What are we waiting for? So I think leaders have to have that. I think they have to uh, sort of bolster their, their trust. Um, uh, the, what I always found helpful was to, to get very practical was to create almost um, two lanes of the team I worked in, two ways of operating. You've got your now and your what's next. Your now is more predictable, more, you know, you know what the outcome is going to be. And in crisis, you tend to hunker down there because you, you just got to get through the day. That being said, there's always tomorrow. And so you still have to plan and try different things. And so that what's next lane, I think, becomes critically important right now. So for leaders, um, why not invest a little bit into the what's next? Free mm -hmm. up people of their time, 
their mind share, if you have a little bit of extra budget to try some things. I mean, here in New York City, what have restaurants been doing during the pandemic? They've had to figure out a way to survive. So they had to think about now, yeah, they had to find money to pay rent, but they've also, you know, bakeries have been doing crazy, you know, baking kits or selling flour out the back door. These are all the things you try out and experiment in. So I, I think that's that uh, uh, um, sort of understanding of now and, and next and a, a base of let's try things to figure it out. You're not going to bring down your company by trying a few things. So give people space to discover, to explore, to test. Um, the other thing I think that leaders need to do is get really comfortable with upping their feedback loop, making it more frequent. Um, uh, hopefully most people have faster feedback from their customers now. They're, I think we've been a li little slow in companies in getting that feedback loop with our employees. Certainly annual surveys, I mean, those are long past and companies still do them, but you need a continual ongoing, where do I stand? And do you have the kind of feedback loops with your company, with your team, mm. anonymous, direct, group individual where you're constantly understanding where people are what the challenges are where they need help um your job as a leader i, I think it's uh, I, I talk about as emergent emergent leadership your job is to um not to manage you don't manage people maybe we manage projects but your job is to inspire to encourage to fight for for space for thought for money to say to your team go for it you're you know what you're doing that's why you're here. If you need help, come to me. But yeah. my job is to get out of the way. And so I just think it's a different mindset. And right now it's testing us to say, why not? Yeah. You know, I really love your your perspective on leadership because I wish <laughs> some of the leaders I've worked with in the past had that same mental model. Me too. We've all worked yeah. for some of those people. Because <laughs> most, most leaders in the past I've worked for, it's more so it's a, it's very fear based. It's very ego driven, and I think you know we are. I think we are seeing a monumental shift. I think at a societal level, but in business, I think we're also feeling that like the best organizations are going to adapt through this crisis. But also, the crises that may come are the ones who are leading from this very inspiring angle and are encouragers, not you know micromanagers. And you know one one of the things that I really love about the the movement that you're building with your book is that it's called Imagine It Forward. You know, I want to ask you, who have been some of the leaders in your life that have kind of inspired, you know, kind of the movement you're building with the book and how you see leadership changing? Well, I've been fortunate to work with some amazing, great leaders in the course of my career, um, whether it was Bob Wright in media, Jack Welch in the early days when I was at GE, and most recently when I left GE with Jeff Immelt. Um, and I would say some of the I've learned I'm both the good and bad, but I think um uh, I think Jeff Immelt, I, I was able to really um, grow immensely working with him because he got out of the way. He was like, here's a seed of an idea, run with it. Uh, do what you can. It was He was not a micromanager. Uh, and I think I came to appreciate the liberation of, if you need help, let me know, but otherwise you're on your own. Um, I've worked with some incredible teams. I, I think the, the marketing and innovation team I worked with uh, at GE, especially toward the end, I just, I, I would, I can't imagine not have ha having had that experience. And they, we were just, we just did our best work together. And so we had a real commitment that we're going to fight to do our best work together. And if anything stands in the way, we're going to fight to get rid of it. And so it meant we had to be brutally honest. And so 
oftentimes you're learning from people who are your peers, people who are more junior than you, who maybe work for you technically in an org chart. Um, those are leaders who've inspired me, who've had to come and say, I remember one of my colleagues at GE, finally she was like, look, you just gotta know, like we call you the dog from up. Like, what? <laughs> I don't, I don't, why? Is that, isn't he cute? Like why? And she was like, because you're chasing every shiny new thing. Mm. And we don't know how to react to you. Like everything, you ask us to chase down everything. We want to do good work. We want to do right by you, but we're tired. We're distracted. Help. Thank goodness she said that to me wow. because I needed that feedback to go like, I'm curious. Everything's interesting to say, this is interesting, but don't do anything as opposed to this is interesting and then feeling they had to do something. That's Good leaders, I think, get that feedback, hmm. but good leaders come in all parts of the organization and they have the courage to say, mm, you know, you're holding us back. Hmm. Hmm. That's powerful. Shout out to Sarah who's saying, has there ever been a benefit to waiting or is the historical tendency to do that simply a safe feeling option? So I think it comes from like waiting as a leader or being patient. Beth, have you ever experienced a need for you to be patient in terms of how you lead or leaders have done this really well? Oh, Sarah, I don't know. We don't have enough time. I, you should know I have a, I have a T-shirt. I should have worn it today. And it's in silver. It's a beautiful script that says frickin' impatient that uh, was given to me. So I am not patient. So I don't know that you're going to find much advice for me on waiting or being patient. Um, maybe Tim, it's a future podcast with someone who's very patient. So Sarah, I don't, I don't know uh, how to tell you that. I, I think right now there's, especially now there's a lot of tension. We're in, we're in an instantaneous world. You've got to respond certainly from a communication and story perspective, but you also have to wait and do some discovery. And so I think what I came to appreciate is respond as best you can with the knowledge you have, but give yourself an out to say, this is how we see the world now. When we get new information, we get those feedback loops going and we find something that contradicts or makes that finer, we're going to come back and change that situation. So give yourself a bit of an out as a leader. Um, I think it's a bit of what we're dealing with in COVID right now. Um, I think we expect people to have all the answers and maybe you might've asked our healthcare providers up front to say a little bit forcefully, we don't know, although I think they did, but I think it's okay as a leader to say, we don't know all the answers. Mm. So um, Sarah, I guess what I'm saying is I think to embrace the tension a little bit, but waiting too long, I think never ever helps in times of crisis, especially. Yeah, no, that's such a powerful, powerful, powerful thought. Beth, when is the next book coming out? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. One of the things I've been investing in this year, I've taken some time off um, and I've been investing in my own personal creativity and I'm doing a lot of um, creative writing. So if I come out with another book, I think it may be something very different um, with a very different kind of path. Um, so I don't know. Well, we're excited for it, you know, and, and thank you for leading your movement and everything that you're doing to help leaders and organizations imagine it forward. And I think for me, you know, as because I, I often tell, consider myself a creative technologist, you know, reading your work and seeing the, the, the what you're instilling in the world is really powerful because I don't think people realize that we're moving towards an era where your creative intelligence, your ability to take risks, even in times like this, are going to matter more than ever. So we really appreciate you for leading that. They, and, and is that what a creative technologist is? Somebody who uh, sort of uses their creativity to navigate technology? 
Yep, 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 yep. That's that's why I believe it is. And, you know, just fuse different ideas together. And I think for us, you know, with what we're doing and the movement that we're leading with Guide, you know, it's just us building a platform that we, we that's for our community and our community has existed for the last two years. So, you know, I, I think that it, that's when, when we think about the future of work and I think about the future of just working, you need people who are coming to the table with creativity and everything that they do. Cause work is going to be more about the consumer versus their job. It absolutely. And, and work is about the outcome, the impact. It's not, what did you get done? It's the impact you had. And I, I think more than anything where we started, it's about the story. And I, I think it sounds like with what you're doing, I mean, just even the way you talked about, I'm a creative technologist, there's a story there. Tell me more. Where did you come from? Where are you going with that? How can I join? That's Those are what make a really good story. So I, I think that's critical for where we are right now. Thank you, Beth. We need to have you on for a future episode. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Appreciate Thanks, you so Tim. much. Nice seeing you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Woo! Shout out to Mrs. Comstock. Oh, my goodness, Steve. So sorry, man. Just seeing your question. Any thoughts on how to drive change when it cries a significant culture shift in your organization. Steve, we'll make sure to definitely tag Beth in the comments. I'm sure she'll definitely answer that. But Steve, one of my best recommendations on how to do that is honest is honestly it, it kind of goes to a little bit about what um, Beth said is I think st start with a small cohort of people who are the change agents within your organization and one co-create what the change looks like with them, right? See if it, it could scale. Right. But be very, very kind of structured in the beginning, but also use those small people who are cores within your organization to act as the evangelists who will drive change within your division or beyond your division. And one of the things when it comes to change transformation work is that it's bot bottoms up. It's not top down and it's bottoms up and it's outside in. And it usually requires you level setting on what is the contextual need for change? Why must we change the way we're doing certain practices? Why is our policy not working and keeping us innovative? You know, why do we have to, you know, completely get rid of this business unit or rethink it, right? What is the contextual need for us to change? Humanize that, have a few evangelists, and then use them to, to drive the change within your workforce. So those are how you, I think, get the feedback, loop, feedback loops working. So, you know, Beth, I'm sure can can add her perspective in the comments, Steve. Steve, appreciate you for tuning in. And thank you, Sarah, and everyone else who is listening and tuning in. If you all have any ideas on who you want me to interview next on a future podcast, as always, I am always looking for feedback as well as potential future guests. Please recommend them to me. I'm always talking with you all in my LinkedIn DMs on people that I think would be great to have on for future episodes. So definitely let me know and check out utfow.com if you want to sponsor a future episode or if you have a guest in mind. In addition, the Guide App Beta has been going tremendously well. If you want to sign up for early access to Guide App, please go to guideapp.co early access and sign up to early access of our Guide App beta. With that said, I hope you all are having a lovely Tuesday, staying safe and healthy. I wish you the best, and I'm hoping that you are killing it in your job with your family and living your best life. As always, peace, love, and abundance. Talk to you soon.